babes. <laughs> Damn, Victoria, you got a deep ass voice. You know, just going through a little <laughs> bit of change. <laughs> like it's okay. We no. are positive here. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Book Friends Podcast. Uh, as you all know, Victoria is on vacation this week and next week. And as much as we wanted to get out the last episode of Flowers in the Attic, we did really try. We've had a lot of things come up our way. Uh, familial wise, both of our families, we've had some rough patches. So we had to um, take a couple breaks here and there. Um, we recorded half of <laughs> the last episode. So, um, but your girl needs a vacation. So now we have some fun filler episodes for the next couple of episodes. Just so. a filler. Everybody <laughs> skips the fillers. <laughs> no, they're fun. It's, it's a fun episode, guys. So, uh, I have a special guest with me here. We have Mr. Jonathan Santucci. Yay. Who's that guy? Some uh, some guy <laughs> lives next door. Oh no! <laughs> that next door? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the drug dealers. Living. With the drug. Yep. <laughs> it just pulled me aside, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> I said, hey, "You got something to say about books?" <laughs> books. Uh, most of you know Jonathan's my fiance, and uh, I know you hear me talk a lot about how much I hate how much she loves listening <laughs> about all of my book theories and opinions, and how she never gets annoyed. So I told him, <laughs> "Tell everybody else about it, <laughs> and leave me alone." <laughs> yep, she's just gonna walk out. Yeah, it's just and- I'm just gonna leave Johnny. <laughs> For an hour to talk to himself about Stephen King. And then I'm going to listen back and then talk to myself, to my recording. He's going to so, ask himself his own questions. Yep. <laughs> so I always have a partner to talk to. <laughs> so John's going to um, talk about some of the Stephen King books that he's read recently. And, and um, mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about that. But tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So we mentioned that. You're my fiance and never get annoyed with me. Um, let's False see. news. Um, you spoke about some of my work history, I think, in your past episodes uh, about me working at IPG. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of my work experience has been with books. <laughs> uh, we met with my at my first job, <laughs> which was Follett. We met there. Which is a higher education. Basically, if you've gone to college, you've either gone to the a Follett bookstore or Barnes and Noble. They or, both are yeah. terrible. Or if you're lucky, the school ran it. Yeah. But yeah, we met there. Uh, worked at a traditional trade bookstore, uh, which was fun aside from the location. <laughs> uh, you talked about on the podcast. You talked about it. Okay. And now working at IPG. So dabbled in. All of the different reading. So IPG, I don't know if she mentioned, stands for Independent Publishers Group. Uh, and I work for the operations part. And we ship a bunch of published books, a lot of more independent books. Um, but we're dabbling more into a lot more actual mainstream books. Like Grady mm-hmm. Hendrix was one of your favorite authors. We picked, yeah. picked him up. But that's because he first independently published Bad Did astronauts. He? Yeah, he that. independently published it like a while ago. And then he looked up independent publishers <laughs> and he just popped up and he's like, there you go. And I didn't know that for Penguin Random House, so at IPG, we have uh, Penguin Random House India and UK, uh, who we distribute for. 
Um, there's just so many publishers. Delray is also owned by, well, Delray is owned by Random House. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, yeah. So then it, it is technically owned by Penguin. Penguin. Yeah, because I thought a couple of the Scalzi books were by Del Rey, but I guess I'm wrong. I'm just making stuff up. Rabbits was awful. Don't read it. But listen to our episodes about but it. But listen, yeah, <laughs> listen to the episode. Because then you don't have to read it. You can listen to the yeah, episode. You don't have to waste a whole month. <laughs> you don't have to buy the paper, the hardcover when the paperback was already out. Oh, my out. God. That's because they only had the hardcover in stock at Barnes & Noble. And then... Like the next week when we went on vacation, they were like, "Oh, we have three paperbacks and stuff." Yeah, Lucky. exactly. And now all we see is paperback. I've not seen a hardcover anywhere. Who? And you know what? Barnes and Noble gets to choose what books they like, aside from the normal bestsellers mm. and like front list books. They get to choose the books that they order in their store. Who is requesting rabbits to be ordered in their store? Is what <laughs> I want to know. That's tough. Yeah. And why is their horror section so small is also what I want to know. Same for half price. Yeah. They really need to like, I get that they have to put, they're like hard with sci-fi and fantasy Mm -hmm. sometimes, but like, I don't know. Here's, well, okay. I think half price as half price connoisseurs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that they, (laughs) (laughs) they only, I mean, a lot of horror fans aren't selling their books. No. That's why you only see Stephen King and uh, Dean Koontz and fucking who's the other one? V.C. Andrews. V.C. Andrews. But like, yeah, that's all, that, that's all that you see. No, yeah, for sure. Because they're everywhere. But yeah, I don't think a lot of horror. You get one bookshelf and you probably get like half a shelf yeah. or one shelf where it's actual like different horror books. Or they're categorizing thing. them as like regular fiction. Which is the worst. I hate yeah. when that happens. Yeah. That's when I, when I was at... um. At Barbara's for a while, whenever we put books, sometimes we would decide kind of where they went. Yeah. And I would look at stuff and be like, I'm not putting this in general fiction. Like, if I'm going to come and look for this book, I'm looking yeah. in horror, horror. sci fi. Like, I'm putting it where it makes the most sense for. I feel like fiction should just be like literary fiction. Yeah. But like, there are so many different niches. Why not just put them where they're supposed to go? Like, I don't know. I don't know how many times I found Paul Tremblay in fiction. He shouldn't be in fiction. No, he's no. straight up a horror author. And like you would think in their whatever system that it would list the genre as horror, but it doesn't. Like even if, and there should be like a subgenre. I feel like it would say like fiction, horror. Yeah. Then you would just go with horror at that point. But it does like, anyway. So yeah, this is where uh, two book nerds <laughs> met and... Yeah. Now we're getting married and I have to listen to him talk about Stephen King all the time because he's only recently discovered that Stephen King is his favorite author. Well, I go into I feel like <laughs> Stephen King's always been there though. Like <laughs> I work there since the beginning of He's time. been there forever. <laughs> his, he keeps retranslating his books. Uh, but I volunteered at the library, I told you, like during seventh and eighth grade, um, when I needed to get like high school like hours i think you need like 40 hours i don't know if they did it for you in no you're fucking your school system's weird yeah we needed like 40 like i don't know what you'd call them credits yeah community kind of like service community hours? service hours yeah um so i ended up doing it at the library <laughs> what a fucking loser i know i was <laughs> just picking up trash um but the kids would have like um 
like summer reading programs where they would like read and write. They would parts. read Stephen King to they the kids. They would read Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> they would turn the lights down. Like, oh, y'all ready for it? Um, <laughs> it's got kids in it. But I've, I've even before the library, I saw my mom read a lot of Stephen King. Um, yeah. And I feel like at the library it is when I first sort of discovered kind of books I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always kind of looked in the, the teen section where horror was and stuff. And where our teen section was directly across was like the adult section. Mm-hmm. And you could always find Stephen King by his font. He has the big, <laughs> thick red, yeah. you know, blood stain. And every time I seen it, I was like, those books are horrifying. Like, if I read that, I'm not <laughs> sleeping. Like, I feel like everybody has seen a Stephen King book at some point, or at oh, least heard 100%, of him, for yeah. sure. And I feel like when you look at his, like, fonts and stuff, like, you see, like, those big red letters, you know, yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed at the library a lot, and my mom reading it, but I think at the time... I thought of Stephen King the same way I think of like James Patterson. Mm. Like I was like, this person wrote so many books that I'm not going to like them. Yeah. Um, or I was like, you know, he wrote his books in like the 80s and the 70s. Like they're not, not going to age good. well. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, technically they don't age well. <laughs> some of them. Some of them, uh, I can kind of agree with some of the themes. Um, oh, yeah. Some of the words, <laughs> some of the sex scenes. Uh, oh, you agree with the trigger trigger warning here? Oh, yeah. Big trigger warning. This is a Stephen King heavy episode. So if you haven't ever (laughs) read or listened to an audiobook or seen a Stephen King movie, there are a lot of triggers for those who have been victims of sexual assault or racism, racism, child abuse. Uh, What's the other one? What's the biohazardous materials? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Diseases. uh, uh, Yeah. COVID is a scary part Uh, still for you. Uh, disability. Um, Definitely. What's the word for it? Were they like, like I guess just mental? Disability, yeah, no, mental they're health? like making fun of like people with mental disabilities, oh. like things like that. And, yeah, it, and yeah. So big trigger. That's stop it now if you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> no, for sure. But yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, back to the libraries. So, yeah, that I think that's when I first started really reading. Uh, books mm-hmm. was just volunteering at the library. You would think I'm at a library. I should read something. Did y'all ever have like AR? What do you mean? Accelerated readers? Accelerated reading? No. So my library experiences was they wouldn't let me read the teen section because I wasn't a teenager. That's, uh-uh. And that's kind of my like beginning uh, experiences with reading. But no, we I don't think we really had anything like that. Um, we really just had the, the summer book club, which was mainly for kids. Mm-hmm. And they would just have like <clears throat> games or get token for pizzas and stuff we had it's basically something similar in elementary school we had like accelerated readers where you would like you get a book out of the library and it would have like a certain amount of points if you finished it oh that's cool and then if you if you read it and finished it then you took a test on a computer like a, like a short like 10 question quiz about Based the book. on the book okay. yeah and then you got a certain amount of points and what they would do is you would accumulate these points and then you could go to like um pizza hut and get like a free personal pizza. I feel those. like Pizza Hut's always kind of been there yeah. for books. Like I always, when I was a kid, I always associated Pizza in books. books. Yeah, shout out to Pizza Hut for literary <laughs> for being there for the literary community. Definitely. <laughs> do they still do that? I don't know. I, I know that uh, at least with my mom and my my sisters, it's home run in now. 
But that's oh. mainly because Homer Inn's right there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if Pizza Hut still, like, like sort of supports and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure they do. They probably just don't do it as heavily as, like, they used to. Or at least because we're older, we don't really know that they do that. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe they mention it in some classrooms yeah. or schools. Like, hey, Pizza, Ru- Pizza Hut's running this sort of thing. Yeah. That makes sense. I used to read a lot of um, romance novels as a teenager. As a teenager? Yeah. I think it was just... I think for me it was... I think I started with graphic novels first mm-hmm. because I, I don't know if I told you, but I used to go to, when I was volunteering at the library, they would have um, days where you would, they'd pick a book that you would end up reading if it'd be a graphic novel or fiction. And then those people would come in and you would kind of have your own book club there. Oh, that's cool. Um, so they had a graphic novel one and I've read, I think it was probably the bones, like that really big one. Oh my I, I've God. read that big old monster, <laughs> uh, but I was the only person to show up to it so she kind of just looked at me asked a couple questions and i kind of just left um so what you think of that and i i think it was graphic novels into science fiction and then (sighs) into horror (laughs) i will not take this science fiction just smearing it on the ground hate 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 which science fiction before we get into stephen king and stuff what kind of science fiction books what turned you off in science fiction, really? Rabbits. <laughs> no, you didn't like science fiction no, before that I, either. Uh, so I liked, I really liked, like, reading in, like, elementary school and middle school. Like, we read, like, Ender's, you know, like, everybody reads Ender's Game, anything by Orson Scott. It. It's so good. I hear Victoria constantly <laughs> talk about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah, Victoria and I get into a lot of discussions about how terrible it is. But I like it. I, I think what turns me off from science fiction is I don't know. It's like I think I got more into fantasy, like just video mm. game wise. That makes sense. And then like I don't know, like I guess science fiction, it just seems a lot of like like a lot of um I I feel like sometimes they just go really over the top with like some like I get it, it's a fucking robot. Like yeah, I like, get it, they're having another fucking war. Like it's just robots and wars to I me. I get that the spaceship super fast. Yeah, like, I don't need you don't to retell care. me yeah. like how the spaceship works. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just I don't know. I just can't like even with like Stranger Things, I can't get into it. Like Victoria was yelling at me this weekend because I she's like, Did you watch season four? And I was like, I heard no. that it's really good. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people on Twitter say that like You've seen season one, yeah, and our, which was really good. But I've heard a lot of people say season two is kind of like Bleh. it was. It, I think it still had like a really good like Rotten Tomatoes score, but for the most part, it was a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, but then it like picks up super crazy in three and four. So I'm just I'm keep trying to push through. That's the problem. You shouldn't have me. to push through like some. But I don't know because I I don't know. It's just not my like. I don't know. I've even moved out of like fantasy too. Like it's just not my thing. Like monsters and stuff like that. It's just not my deal. I don't know. Maybe because I feel like a couple years ago I would have loved playing shit like Gloomhaven because of the monsters. Yeah. But like I I think my my tastes have changed so far that now I'm only watching like fucking anime and like reading manga and (laughs) anything that has to do with murder and horror. You kind of moved out of true crime a little bit too. Yeah. Like, I had, like, that big stint of where I was just reading, like, true crime. Well, I stopped reading true crime because I started having panic attacks. 
literally she, had like the last she wanted to get some sleep <laughs> the last fucking saying. book i read was like that one was about the uh hillside, hillside strangler. strangler yeah I remember. and i had to stop like three quarters of the way through because that's when i and it's, immediately started having panic attacks and was like because i remember you associating. reading it, it took you a while because you were taking it to like the laundry mat yeah. and we'd go and you were reading that one for a while but yeah that was around the same time yeah because it was like spring yeah and then you. No, that was exactly the, the time because it was we were at the laundromat I remember I had to like step outside and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And the next day was when we drove to Milwaukee. Yeah. And that was when I was having panic attacks. You just don't like Milwaukee. <laughs> I get it. That was a fucking hillside strength. And the, it's, 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 the thing is like murder shit doesn't bother me. No. I don't know why. I just like, I associate it like psychologically now. So I just have moved away from listening and reading any true crime stuff. So now it's just horror. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's like it's fake. Makes sense. But um <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So after the library stuff, we went into high school. And I think high school I stopped reading completely. Uh so high school for a lot of people, at least for the school I went to, is either you were you were going to college for some people, but for a lot of people it was this was kind of the end after high school. Mm-hmm. So you felt like you kind of had to to figure do everything, yeah, like figure out what you were doing and figure a lot of stuff out really mm-hmm. fast. Um, so that I stopped reading um, and kind of just hung out with with friends and stuff for the most part. Um, and I picked it back up in college. Obviously, when we met, I started reading stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's funny between how you like mentioned that you kind of switched up like your reading mm-hmm. and, and stuff and sort of type of stuff that you read, I feel like I've stuck with the same for like genres yeah i've like horror's always been there science fiction mm-hmm. uh true crime and then a sprinkle of graphic novel mm-hmm. and the graphic novels are one of those three yeah like sort of genres and i just haven't dabbled in anything else you should you should that's why you should i'm in my <laughs> comfort zone at the moment that's why you should do victoria and i are doing and trying to read stuff outside of our comfort zones and seeing how we yeah, I mean, I've read Rabbits, and I feel like that was, I mean, it was a science fiction, but it wasn't yeah. something I would have chose personally to read. Um, but yeah, I guess I could mention favorite books, too, before we get into Stephen King, because mm-hmm. that'll kind of roll into a really long discussion on <laughs> Stephen King and how I can't pick my favorite book. Um, so with science fiction, which was something that I felt like was a comfort for me throughout Barbara's for the most part, because mm-hmm. it was a really, the job wasn't stressful, but just the environment was a little tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read a lot of science fiction. John Scalzi, yeah. as you mentioned, was sort of like the guy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so his series, his old man war series was great. And I always tell you to read it. I would have hoped you would have read it, <laughs> but you didn't. But I don't think it would have been for you because it is like that war thing. You, yeah, and I, was... I didn't think you'd really, ooh, excuse me, get, just like the expanse, like I will never be able I think to get into the it. The expanse is great. I just I can't. And I'm gonna you know I'm gonna blame Carl for me not liking science fiction because he forced me to watch I definitely blame Carl. <laughs> you hear that, Carl? We're blaming you. Because he forced me to watch, he watched Star, Star Wars. Wars yeah. And I think that just you were forced into it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Either watch Star Wars or don't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Don't come back to work till you finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And how many movies do you have to watch? I only watched, he said only watch the first three because he's like, if you want to watch the rest, go ahead. But they're not like. What episode? Is this like five, five, six, seven? 
I don't know. Four, four, I don't five, know. Four, five, and six. I tried to watch them too, and yeah. I, I couldn't. It's well, episode four, five, and six are the first three, and then that makes one, sense. Two, and, and then three. one, two, three is like, yeah. yeah. And now it's like other shit. They did like a couple prequels. Now they're doing a ton of yeah. other stuff. I don't know. <sighs> Quit it. Stop it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's see. So graphic novels, um, not manga. I think just graphic novels. I haven't really gotten into the manga game with you yet. <sighs> exactly. Well, well, I guess it is actually because Jinju Ito is technically yeah, manga. G- well, yeah, because... I wouldn't consider him a... It's a graphic novel, but it's read as you'd read a manga. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a Japanese graphic novel, but was it posted in like the magazines prior to being published yeah yeah yeah, it's a manga for sure um so you just like horror manga exactly i think that that's kind of all that i've read um like horror manga aside from like sandman i guess i read um that echoes book that you gave Mm, me that mm -hmm. was kind of fucked up exactly (laughs) (laughs) trying to pick the word but fucked up words (laughs) um yeah which one is that i i would have to say uzumaki was definitely my favorite tomi was pretty good tomi Tomie, sorry. Oh, Tomie. <laughs> Found that out because they're because that series on Funimation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way they said it. Yeah. Tomie. Tomie. Like, oh, oh my up. god. <laughs> I read that entire 700 page thing saying Tomie. Well, you know what? Tomie. It's because the E sound in Japanese is A. It's like a Z with like a thing on top of it. It's mm-hmm. pronounced A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you know. Or you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> um See, so yeah, Yuzumaki was super, super great. Um, were you the one that introduced me into reading those? Because I don't think I would have picked them up on my own. Yeah, because we were looking at manga at Barnes & Noble when I first started getting into it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I have that one from that Chella gave me, Romina. Romina, yeah. And I was like, I didn't really like it. But I was like, you might like Junji Yidi because he's like a, he's a fucking horror author. And you bought me the book too, right? I definitely didn't buy it. I bought you Uzumaki. Yeah. Yeah. But you had already read it. Did I? Didn't you? No, I'm pretty sure you bought that. And that was the first one I read. Because you were like, I'll read it, but I don't want to buy it right now because it's like fucking $27. But it's huge. Oh, that, I think that was Gaio and Tomie. But Uzumaki is also really big. Really big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you introduced me. Thank you, babe. Hey, welcome. <laughs> and I've read a lot of, I think I've read almost all of his collections. Except for one, right? Um, well, two. There's four, but the other two, I think it's like Love Sickness I haven't read. Um, and Venus, uh, was it Venus something? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, it has yeah. like the lady on the front. With like yeah, the like her the eyeball or whatever. Yeah, I have. And then you gave, <clears throat> just got me Shiver, which I'm really excited to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one that he just came out with that everybody said wasn't good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm reading a lot of mixed reviews. It's because it's basically a biography turned manga, hmm. uh, like horror manga. And that was Inhuman, I think, or... I don't know. No one human? Something, Something human. Yeah, no longer human. No longer human, yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, that that was a, a pretty pleasant surprise to, to run into him. Yeah. Especially around the same time I was going through the Stephen King as I'm going through it. Now I was, I was already on the horror train. Yeah. So he just kind of got right in and it wasn't really like a hard transition. Yeah. To start reading his stuff. Um, so that was super, super great. It was hard reading right to left in the beginning. Yeah, it is. I feel like there was points where I turned the page. And I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? He's dead. And I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. Let me you go back. Start <laughs> I just play, oh, oh, yep. He, that's how he died. He got stabbed. Um, 
So no, that's he slit a, his fucking throat. Oh yeah. Um, and let's see, true crime. I for like a favorite true crime book to, to get that out of the way is hard. I think it has to be. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the book. The Michelle Knight one. Oh, remembering me. Is that no, 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 like no? It was the other one. Um, Hope something. I can't remember the name of it now. We definitely packed it, uh, but that was about the three women that were kidnapped in Cleveland, By Ohio. Ariel something, right? What? By Ariel something? No. The guy, was... no, the guy's name. Oh, the guy. Yeah, I think it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was because that was such a tough one to read. Um, and I think it always, like, I always, like, think about it. Like, it got stuck with me really hard uh, reading that one. Um, Mindhunter was pretty good. Uh, which I ended up reading after the Netflix show. Finding Me. Finding Me. Um, that one was super tough. I told you to read it, but I could see why you wouldn't. It's just so sad. <laughs> yeah, I can't do like kidnapping and forcing women to have children. Yeah. Not- and it was, it, from her point of view, she was the one, like, at least, you know, from uh, what she wrote, she was the one abused the most. And it, it was really hard reading it from her point of view. Uh, I haven't read the other one yet. Um, which I think is the hope one. Uh, I think we bought it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are the the true crime in the manga slash graphic novel and science fiction favorite books. <laughs> uh, so now we get into horror. So we get into Stephen King. <laughs> so I can't pick a favorite Stephen King novel from. I think my opinion on like my favorite book has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I started with The Shining. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excuse me. And I really wanted you to read that one. Got that. Got that. Um, <laughs> I think it has to still be it. And the reason I don't want to pick it as. Um, Child rape. No, it's not why I don't want to pick it. Um, but that is bad. <laughs> Child rape. <laughs> as a disclaimer. Um, I think the only reason I want to pick it is because I feel like everybody would pick it. Yeah. And I want to pick something that isn't like everybody's mainstream. I guess well, Shining is too, but yeah, I guess all but- of his novels. It's your favorite. It's like your, if it's your favorite, that's, see, I'm torn on that because if it's your favorite, it's your favorite for a reason. It, yeah, exactly. it resonated with you for a reason. But at the same time, I personally have never read any Stephen King and I am like you where I'm like, I don't want to fucking read it because everybody's fucking read it and I don't want to be like, like. And it, it's so late into the Stephen King game, but I think I just dove right into it. Yeah. And audiobooks helped a lot. I've read some of them. Like his short stories, I've actually read, but most cut that. Most of my, uh, <laughs> most of my <laughs> Stephen King experience has been from audiobook, um, which some people might not like. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been some books that I've audiobooks, and they just haven't. I didn't really like the the, the reader or the narrator too much, but back on it, I think it has to be between it and the stand recently, and mm-hmm. I think I'm stuck between those two because they're there's such big books and there's so much going on mm-hmm. and there's some like the fact that he keeps you engaged for that long yeah. is the reason I, I pick it. I feel like if you took that book, <clears throat> it or the stand and cut it basically in half, I probably wouldn't pick either of them. Yeah. Like it felt like those kind of books needed a really long time to develop. That's the thing. I feel like a lot of people say like, you should be able to tell a story in like a certain amount of pages, but it's also like, where are you getting that? 
stupid idea. Basically. Yeah. Like, why are you saying if it's limiting. more than 300 pages, I don't want to read it because the story should be told by them. But you think about it, all of these books that have like 300 pages or, or like 400 pages, they're not. I mean, they don't develop the character enough for you to actually feel like you've got a like a, a relationship with them, yeah. which is weird. But like or you end up getting like a 250 or 300 page book but then you have to just read like eight books because it just turns into a super long series at that point and uh, then you just have to keep buying book after book Mm -hmm. with you just let the person just or the author just write a trilogy Mm -hmm. and they both all three be pretty big books and it can just go off the rails on like so many different tangents because they're trying to like keep you engaged yeah and like you're in by like that fifth or sixth book and you're obviously you created this world but at some point you're just gonna be like i forgot yeah and I'm just going to write well, what I think there. is happening yeah. at this point. Um, but I think the reason I picked it is, uh, I think Stephen King has mentioned uh, previously, yawning already, audience already oh, on it. So bored. So bored. <laughs> um, is he, I, he likes to do a lot of his books and a lot of his earlier books that I, I've noticed is he likes to do them based off of like childhood horrors. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to do it from the, point of view of a child or if it's from the point of view of an adult it's that adult suffering from something that's happened in their childhood yeah if it be um supernatural or, or realistic he wants it just makes it childhood horror and yeah. that's basically what it was it, it was just you know children being afraid of something that only the children could see the adults couldn't really <clears throat> see anyways i think a couple of them kind of saw um the, like Pennywise the clown, but a lot of it was just children. Yeah. And it was just like going after children because they're just so easy for, you know, them being manipulated yeah. or at least the way King wrote them that it just makes it that much more terrifying. I see. I think that's my problem too, is that with it, I personally, I mean, like, I don't know. I personally feel like, seeing like a horror through a child's eyes is is hard for me not like hard as in like i can't handle it yeah but hard as in like i don't think i would enjoy it and and i don't think that i would personally be scared for like i know there's different senses of being scared or like of horror and you're not really one to get too like scared about books and i wouldn't no i mean i wouldn't say like many stephen king books have like scared me in in that way mm-hmm. like where people have read them in the 80s and i could see people reading a stephen king book in like the 80s with yeah. like serial killer going around you're reading a stephen king book yeah. about a murdering clown and you have yeah. like john wayne gacy thing going on like i could yeah. see where it was people writing back then like i couldn't sleep after reading a yeah. stephen king novel um but yeah I, I don't think i've read one where i was like yeah that's gonna bother me when i go to bed or i'm gonna have nightmares yeah. about you know more so like emotional attachment yeah like with you know like the characters in the situation um and he just creates worlds that are easy for me to kind of just jump right into yeah like i think i'm always excited to start another stephen king novel and sort of get into Mm -hmm. the next sort of world and they're always based in maine yeah uh, and they're always like they're in the same universe and he'll reference other books so it just feels Mm -hmm. like one big story yeah uh which which is super great um but the stand was also super great. And I would have to put it as like a second. And you would listen to a oh. little bit <laughs> on the drive. Yeah. Um, Which it wasn't bad. No. And you listen to like three or four hours. Yeah. About. Yeah. Um, I think that one. It wasn't scary uh, at all. At least like the way that I would. I didn't like 
identify what scary yeah. is like jump scares scary um but it was scary because of uh, of like covid and stuff like yeah. it seems so like relevant exactly yeah <laughs> listening to it and it's like people saying like oh like it's not that bad it's just the mm. cold and stuff everybody get fucking vaccinated god yeah. damn it it is not i was one of those people at the beginning i was like it's just the flu what's it gonna do and so then were people in the stand yeah and uh and then i had covid and john had covid and his mom had covid and victoria's mom had covid and got very sick from it so please get fucking vaccinated okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> um but i i think the stand what pulled me in was the fact that he introduced so many characters, kind of like similar to something like Game of Thrones, mm. but it didn't get all like tangled up like Game of Thrones would be when you watch the show, where you're like, are oh, jumping back and forth so much, and like, how is this person related to this person? Mm-hmm. It was just like every time they would cut back to someone, I'm like, oh, I know who he's talking about. Like, I know this guy is um, from Texas, mm. and I know uh, Nick is, you know, the blind or not the blind, the deaf mute. Like it, some, I don't know. Like the way he wrote it, just made it seem like I was able to stick with a story that yeah. long uh, without a problem. And it, it just it was told really well. And like I said, I think if twenty twenty didn't happen, I could have had a different or like COVID yeah. happened, I could have had a different view on the book. Yeah. But I think it was just so easy to slip right into the story and not have to kind of figure out what they were going through. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not to that extent. We didn't have to deal with that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Same with, like, the paranormal sort of stuff. It was kind of like the Book of Revelations written by Stephen King, Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, with the introduction of, like, the demon and, like, the angel uh, being Mother Abigail in that sense. Um, Yeah, I think that the book was super good. Um, So much that I bought it. (laughs) I typically don't buy books unless I like them now because I went on a really bad collecting binge with <laughs> science fiction novels i spent way too much money um that now i'm like i'm going to either read slash listen to this book if i enjoy it i'll buy it yeah and once i finished it, i was like let's go to barnes and noble <clears throat> i need to buy the stand because i could go back to this book with how just how large it is and go back and reread it mm-hmm. and it'll be completely different the second time around and this isn't an ad but scribd is has been like kind of monumental in that like in having both audiobooks and 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 you can pay like ten dollars a month for scribd and it's it's there's like like everything's on there yeah except for flowers and the underground music andrews which is what we're yeah like (laughs) a lot of what they um like scribd and a lot of the books um are kind of just licensed and they have different Mm -hmm. licensing like contracts so a couple of the stephen king novels were like Oh, we're going to move back over to Audible. Yeah. Right, now we're going to move back to Scribd. And they kind of like jump back and yeah. forth. But the only time that I got Audible, even though I think it's a great service, it's just a little pricey for, you know, the credits and the, what they're offering. Yeah. You only get one a month. Yeah. Or you're paying 20 something dollars for two. Yeah. And, and what sucks is it's like I could get people saying that it's only the premium that you have to pay that much for. But it's like all of the books you want to read are oh, in the premium. premium. Yeah. Um was for the stand to listen to that on Audible. Um, but everything else I found on Scribd, I mean, they also allow documents. So yeah. some people will upload PDFs of books, which I'm probably not legal, but thank you to those uh, 
brave warriors <laughs> <laughs> that have uploaded all well, of my script has allowed it. So <laughs> all of those Jinjito books that I read were all off script. Yet none of the manga I'm trying to read is on there. So I looked for Spy Family too, and I it's can't find it. But yeah, Scribd was a big one. And I came across Scribd because I didn't want to pay for Audible, which is a messed up way to to kind of find something. But nobody knows about it. And it's such a big service. I heard of Scribd through Barbara's because we had... Like your own account. Our own account. And I was like, I'm never going to use this. Now look at me. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I think whenever I, I ended up bringing it up to you, I was like, man, I wonder if I could remember my account with Barbara. <laughs> I'm just going to log in uh, and listen to all of these books and read all of these books. Um, and, you know, Scribd got me on the journey, but I think my dad was the one that really got me to start reading because he mentioned The Outsider, uh-huh. which was super good. It was basically like, a crime novel mixed with supernatural. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the best starter book for me because I think if I would have jumped straight in with like a different horror book, if I would have jumped in with like a Cujo yeah, or you'd have been like Tom off. Gordon or, you know, the ones I didn't really enjoy too much. Yeah. Um, but still some of his popular ones. Yeah. I would have been like, I'm <clears throat> this is exactly what I expected wouldn't age well. Like yeah. I'm not going to listen, but with it being from only I think 2018 or so in the fact that it was kind of like a crime novel and I was still reading true crime mm-hmm. at the time. I was like, this is perfect with the little mix of supernatural what I expect from King. Like this is a perfect starter. Yeah. Um, and then from there I was like, okay, well, what else can I read by him? That's not his older stuff. Yeah. And that's when Mr. Mercedes came on where again, it was just crime and mystery uh, with the supernatural kind of sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to that trilogy when you picked me up after the holidays. Because yeah. I, I listened to all the Outsider and his three Mr. Mercedes trilogy mm-hmm. in Chicago those three months. Um, yeah, I feel like if I would have started anything else, I would have. I don't think I would have gotten on Stephen King train the well, way I did. And that's because, didn't you already buy, like, before that, you had, like, the Dark Tower? Uh, I bought the Dark Tower be- because with, like, the fantasy stuff. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. something like Game of Thrones, but wasn't a Game of Thrones. And yeah. I don't think I get that the Dark Tower is not really too Game of Thronesy, but I was looking for something fantasy mm-hmm. that that would kind of bring me in. And I, the Dark Tower sounded like something I'd like because it was all of his universes in one. Yeah. And the movie sort of came. I didn't watch it and hear it was that great, <laughs> but it had like a big enough following that I was like, all right, I'll get that. Yeah. Um, I got Misery, mm-hmm. which I mainly purchased because of the movie. Um, and I kept saying I'd read it for about a year. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting on misery. Um, and I don't know what other Stephen King books that I buy before then. Not many. No, uh, you bought the night shift when we went to Milwaukee. Yes. And the yeah. night shift was really good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great find. <laughs> that book's expensive. Yeah. Um, where did we get that? The, was it the downtown downtown bookstore? bookstore downtown yeah. Books. Downtown yeah. books, Milwaukee, y'all. The owners Fantastic. are awesome. Their books are amazing. It's just like this huge used bookstore. They have a little cat that just like kind of hangs out. So chill, yeah. They just leave the door open and yeah. everything. It, it feels so welcoming with them having the door. Kind of mm-hmm. like it makes such a big difference just doing that. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the guy will just sit out there in his rocking chair in the front. Yeah. And like <laughs> the wiper, yeah. maybe um, 
maybe the wife. I don't oh, know you know what sure. else? Um, what was the name of that bookstore we used to go to in Chicago off of Belmont? Oh, I know exactly which one you're That's my about. guy. He, you know what? Man, I cannot. I went there all the time. That was what got, when John and I first started dating, we watched. I haven't even thought of that. We, that was the first time we went to go see. We went to that bookstore. I bought a George Bagby book, who is now Ooh. probably one of my, In. if not my favorite author. Uh, and we went to go see Murder on the Orient Express. So it, it went we? on like, yeah, that oh. was when we went on that um, murder kick. That was like the same day. And like George Bagby is like a really old um, murder mystery author, yeah. like detective, uh, like in the 40s. Um, God, what was Every time I go there, even when I went there like years later, even when I would go with Danielle, he always remembers us. Always. Always remembers us. Oh, hey, Texas. Right? Yeah, he knows that we're from Texas. <laughs> He and he always and he's so goddamn nice. Like talk to him. He's like, oh, you guys like the pulp novels, huh? You guys like the it's so weird to see like youngins reading the pulp books and the mystery yeah. books. And it's like, yeah, and he'll recommend that. Like, he is so fantastic. If you're ever in Chicago, off of the Belmont Red Line, there is a bookstore. It's next to one of our favorite theaters we go to, the yes. Annoyance Theater. Fantastic. Where we go watch <laughs> Pitch cocktails, which is an improv. Yeah, this is just a big ad for big Chicago. Ad. If any of you want to contact <laughs> us, we're going back to Chicago soon. You know, if you ever get in Chicago, we will take you. These places are amazing. What is the name of that goddamn bookstore? Name of the bookstore. Um, I'm looking right now. Uh, I'm just going down the red line on Google Maps. It's so hard to to. Uh, I don't know. It's just him and his wife, and and they're just like older individuals. Just like they just they are just spending their lives just selling and they make most of their money selling rare older books. Yeah, and like oddities, like things yeah. you just won't find at like normal used mm-hmm. bookstores or like a half price. Like these are things that like are gonna get you into yeah. collecting the way it did for us. They have like I mean, I've basically almost completed my Agatha Christie collection because of them. Like Yeah. Got that. They're amazing. Um I yeah. Oh, here it is. I found it. What's it called? It is called the Gallery Bookstore. Yep. Oh, my God. I don't know how. I didn't remember it. And the great thing is they created such a good environment. The yeah. shelves are way too high for you to reach. It, yeah. You need to get on to like a little stool just <laughs> to get out la- there. Yeah, a little ladder. It's, just... it's so cramped with books yeah. that they're just on the floor. There like, And there's like so much. There's so many horror books there. So old many. horror books Danielle bought a um first edition phantom of the opera yeah uh it, it's just it's such a good if you're into reading like any sort of older like pulp fiction but yeah. no, like not pulp fiction the movie but like <laughs> actual movie. pulp fiction they have all of the uh crime club books the crime club book book club they have all of those books there like highly recommend if you're if you're a mystery horror fan even science fiction at, yeah. at that point i think i was reading um astounding which was the biography on uh astounding science fiction yeah. magazine and they have the science fiction magazine and there. that yeah that was the first place that was the first time <laughs> i bought any was from them because yeah. i was like oh my god they have these from like the 50s yeah. in the 60s and and that went down a whole rabbit hole of just yeah. buying <laughs> science fiction yeah. pulp at that point. So much money. 
Gallery uh, Bookstore Chicago. Favorite bookstore. Or you can order books online through their they have an can Abe you? Books. Abe Books. And then they also have like just that makes their, sense. Um, you always find the like little like stores like that on yeah. Abe for, for sure. Abe Books. Maybe we went on a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about before that? Man. The outsiders. Yeah. I don't know how the outsiders got into <laughs> gallery books. Uh but yeah, we talked about <clears throat> we're talking about how the outsider and Miss Mercedes trilogy got me into the Stephen King, mm-hmm. mainly because it was his newer publications. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't feel kind of dated. Kinda dated. Um and I was just really into crime. It was winter, so it was nice and dark out when I was in Chicago. <laughs> so it was like a perfect environment for the supernatural yeah. and the detective work. In the beginning of the, the podcast, um, especially with like it, um, my mom read a lot of Stephen King. Um, and she had books everywhere. Mainly she had them in the bathroom. <laughs> which when I was a kid, I would call her office. Um, because she would just have her book rack, not a magazine rack. It was a <laughs> book rack. And at the time I wasn't doing great at school. So I'd go to summer school a lot and she would read in the car while I was in school. Um, but she read, uh, things like Christine, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite books, um, by Stephen King, but she just had them laying around <laughs> mostly in the bathroom. Um, Teresa, how did you not get hemorrhoids sitting on the toilet reading all them books? <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, I would be like, oh, mom's going in her office. And I'd be like, I know you're just going in there to read, mom. And she's so like, so? And then she would come just out and finish the you, whole kids. book. Yeah, she's probably a way she's to get like, away from I us. need quiet to read this. <laughs> yeah. And she never really pushed Stephen King on me, which, mm-hmm. which was a surprise. Like, she mentioned a lot. We watched the movies. Um, uh, um, not a lot of a lot of them weren't that great. Mm. Um, like The Shining, I don't really like The Shining movie, but the I book is the amazing. I didn't like it, I and I felt it. so bad. This is keeping on topic with my mom because she loves The Shining, yeah. And when I finished the book, uh, I think I finished it in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, during the holidays, and I told her, I was like, Oh, I just finished The Shining. She's like, Oh, let's watch the movie, and I don't remember garbage. <laughs> I don't really like, didn't really remember the the movie. I was like, yeah, we go ahead and watch it. I thought the book was fantastic. Let's go ahead and watch it. And she was just smiling the entire time. She was so excited watching it. And she'd be like, do you see? And I was like, that's from the book. And I was like, I could see. But a lot of it wasn't from the book. Um, Poor Myella. When she came to visit me up in Chicago, we went to the Logan Theater to go watch a showing of The Shining. And I fell asleep halfway through. I was like, this is terrible. It's garbage. And it's like. The people that supported are people that watched it then. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not like a yeah. big hit. Because I'm sure if I would have watched it then, I'd have a different view on it. Like I'm sure some of the movies we well, watch Victoria now. Well, really likes it. Yeah. Some of the movies we watch now, maybe like 20 years from now, get their teenagers going to watch them. Like that movie's horrible. Yeah. Because um, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my mom loves The Shining. I think every Stephen King adaptation, for the most part, if it's a movie or TV show, she just kind of loved. And I think just mm-hmm. her love for Stephen King in general. Yeah. Um, but she never tried to force it on me. And I think that was uh, kind of as a kid and why it was so easy to get into it now um, was just the intrigue uh, of seeing them. Just yeah. seeing like a gigantic book um, and being like, one day I'm going to read that. Like yeah. I'm going to be one of the kids reading those giant like thousand page books. Like watch. 
nope, I listened to him on script. I uh, <laughs> did not read. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just looking at it and it's like, yeah, one day I'll read that. Like, people are saying I can't read it mm-hmm. because I'm a teenager. It's scary. I'm going to read it. To be fair, it sounds like some of the content in it was not Definitely not. Like, for 12-year-old Jonathan, it was not uh, good books to read. Um, But yeah, I ended up listening to The Outsider, Miss Mercedes, and The Shining. Those were like my first couple books. It was all at the end of December, first week of January when Mm -hmm. I came back up. Um, And then from there, I just started jumping to like all different kind. I think from there, I jumped to... I jumped to Tom Gordon because <laughs> your one of your favorite authors, Grady Hendrix, said it was his one of his favorites. To Stephen be fair, King. Grady Hendrix wrote paperbacks from hell, and all he does is read like really garbage pulp books and talks like he I don't know why he's obsessed with like little Nazi leprechauns and like Ooh, yeah, okay. he's obsessed with like terrible, terrible pulp books. And he even like in his newsletters. He like will mention like whatever paperback he's talking about this week. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this book was terrible. And he'll talk about it. And I'm just like, stop reading them. But he's like obsessed with how terrible they are. Yeah, like the thing with Tom Gordon, it was only about a six hour book to listen to, maybe seven, but it was a really, really short book. And when I first read sort of the synopsis, I was like, okay, I'm like, this sounds great. It's a little girl that goes into the forest with like her brother and her mother. Mm -hmm. She gets lost and she begins sort of having those child horrors, that imagination starts running wild. She starts seeing things that aren't there. Yeah. Um, You know, it's that typical like child imagination. You're in the dark, you're in the woods, you're seeing um, ghosts and monsters. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I just finished, you know, like The Shining, which was like a classic for him. Now let me read something kind of in the middle, a little bit shorter. And the book was so up and down where it was like, okay, I'm in the beginning. All right, now she's seeing like a monster and Mm -hmm. like she's talking about like surviving in the forest and like, okay, I'm going to go on these long walks through the woods because I need to get out somehow Mm -hmm. and she's never getting out and it's so scary. And then she'll go on like random tangents um, about baseball and mm-hmm. stuff, which makes sense. I mean, that's what's in the title. Tom Gordon was like a baseball player. Um, and she would talk about the Red Sox and the Yankees because Stephen King is a big Red Sox fan. Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he would talk about it's kind of like he was taking his love for baseball, putting mm-hmm. it into her and then having her express it uh, in that childhood way. And she would listen on her little radio that she had and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, I could get it. Like, she yeah. she can't just be terrified the entire book. Yeah. Uh, like Tom Gordon, she's wearing the, the the jersey. But it felt like the imaginary horrors got to the point where they were just so imaginary mm. and weren't there that she would just be like seeing something and it would just cut out. And it was just gone. And <laughs> it was like, just oh, like, okay. And then she's like, you know what? I've just been walking for a really long time. And I was like, yeah, you just walked like a whole state. Like, yeah. Speaking speaking (laughs) of walking, what was that one book that you read? Yeah. uh, Speaking of walk, so I have to get off of Tom Gore before I get into that one. Because that (laughs) one's so good. Um, I just think that it had, I think that's one of the books that could have benefited from it being a bit longer. It, It did feel a little rushed. But I could see where, I mean, a girl being lost in the woods wouldn't take that long unless it got yeah. super paranormal but he stuck with it being a little more grounded mm-hmm. and have it be more of her hallucinating and her, sort of her diet uh, yeah. in the woods um but yeah 
The Long Walk by Richard Bachman, <laughs> Stephen King. But his like, what's the word for? What's the name for a pseudonym? Yep. He had that was his. I found out from you that that was his pseudonym because the publisher wouldn't publish yeah. any more of his books. I, so I don't know if it was much to do with the publisher limiting him on the amount of like novels that he could. I'm sure he could come out with a lot of novellas and short stories. Mm-hmm. But he mentioned that he, at least in that time, if an author was coming out with too many books, then they wouldn't really sustain themselves because no. there's just so much content coming out at like once. Like James Patterson did. Like, James, like even now, like David it's Baldacci. still like a problem now <laughs> because it's so hard for people to get in those books. Like the same way it's hard to get into it's King. Um, so he decided to go with Richard Bachman, which is supposed to be his dark half, which isn't really, no pun intended to his dark half the book, <laughs> even though it is. But um, he started writing, he wrote about four or five books. Um, he wrote Rage, which definitely a trigger warning for, for anybody with school shootings that, that had to do with, um, with school shootings, it, well, in a matter of speaking. Um, so that one kind of went out of print because as, as the years went on, school shooting became a little more prevalent, yeah. um, unfortunately. Um, then we went on to The Long Walk, which is about, um, I think it was 100 kids, can't remember the exact number of children, or they're like teenagers that go on a long walk. Most of them are poor um, or are looking to gain money and uh, easier, quicker way. And they're supposed to go on a walk, maintaining a speed of at least four miles per hour um, and just continue to walk while the military is constantly watching them at gunpoint to make sure they sustain that speed. And you just walk until you're the last person standing alive. Yeah, the last person alive, because if you do stop, you're stopping because you just can't walk anymore or you died. And those who couldn't walk anymore were murdered. Did they feed them? They would not. They would Hold give on. them like water. See, I, I believe they would provide them with water. Um, and it, I believe they would get uh, occasional. Most of the snacks that they had on them and that they would eat was what they brought themselves. Mm-hmm. So they would bring their own packs, but not a lot of them wanted to carry book bags. They'd mainly be. Like, sh- yeah, around their waist uh, with snacks that would try to have um, sustain them for the, the super long walk. Um, the water was given by the military. That was the only thing they, they provided for them. But you just kept walking uh, the entire time. And it it sounds boring. Yeah. Just 100 kids walking. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think he did such a great job having you care about all of them. And just making it so impactful uh, if one of your favorite uh, characters ended up passing away or you're just rooting them on to, to win. Um, it was, and it was crazy is they didn't do a lot of flashbacks. It mm-hmm. stood in the walk. It's a like conversation between, they were all boys mm-hmm. um, when you wrote it. So it was just boys talking about like girls and like all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just like, dudes walking and talking but also suffering boring um (laughs) and it was i I just came off christine when i read that and christine was another one like that where it was just a boy in his car but the car is evil and a murdery demon so 
What would you tell to people like me who are hearing like the basic premise of Stephen King novels and how would you like convince somebody that they're worth reading? Like Stephen King yeah. in general? Oh, man. I think, if, yeah, if someone came to me and they're like, hey, I'm looking for something to read. I think I would recommend Stephen King. It obviously depends on what sort of books they want to read. But Stephen King has touched everything for the mm-hmm. most part. He has his mystery novels. He has his crime and his fantasy books and such. Um, but I think if I was the recommender, I think it would be something that horror or scenarios that are like grounded enough to keep you engaged and be like, okay, this, this can happen. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Like, obviously people are going to be like, oh, like a clown alien monster, but it's like this situation around all of the, the supernatural stuff is just so real. Like he displays situations of what children or adults are going through. Um, like something in the road work where a man didn't want to move because they were going to build a highway over his house. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about like, this is my house. This is my family. Like you're taking this away from me. Um, so he just literally takes things that people are already suffering from. Mm-hmm. If that be childhood horrors or childhood um, things that have kind of just affected their lives or just adult traumas, traumas. Um, and then just mixes in a little bit of horror to like mix it up a little bit. But I've never like listened to any of them and been like, okay, like you're going a little far. So like, it sounds like he's taking like trauma and definitely developing a fictional like situation around it. Exactly. And that I I think even in today's society and it, and it may have been more prevalent back then. I think to me, at least, what it sounds like as to why it may have been so popular was that there were a lot of people that had trauma that weren't readily dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Like how people go to therapy like nowadays. Now, yeah, like, I know that even when I was a kid, whenever people would talk about going to go see a therapist, yeah. like, people think something's wrong with yeah, you. Like, like not that you have things that you need to get off <laughs> yeah. and then sort of talk about or things wrong with uh, sort of your mind or traumas. It was just like, this person is just fucked you, up. There's yeah, fucked up about like that. I don't want to talk yeah. or be around this person. Where now it's like, if you don't go, you're, you're fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it, like I would tell anybody if they were to end up being like, I think I should go. I'd say you should go. Like yeah, it's so much more support now yeah. in that system. Whereas then the only support you probably had because you didn't have the internet was books. Yeah, so. You had Seeing. these. You were reading about these kids if you were a kid, or these adults if you're an mm-hmm. adult going through these problems. Obviously, with the a little bit of mix of horror in there, and being like, okay, yeah, like this person suffering what I'm going through, and obviously they're getting through it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a weird way to look at Stephen King novels, but it, it has a little bit of that in there. I just I feel like yeah because he's coming up with these like fictional situations where of course that wouldn't happen. There's not a fucking like the dark half he wrote was like basically if Richard Bachman, like his other writer Mm -hmm. came to life and was murdering people. Yeah. Like it's crazy, but he wrote it because he was like, 
it was just an idea. Yeah. Like, what if, yeah. you know, like I'm an author and I'm writing under a different name. What if this person came to life and wanted to be the real me? Yeah. And like, it's not that crazy to think about. Like when I first read it, I was like, oh, it's just a person that's a fan yeah. that wants to murder him. But the ones that are crazy to think about, like it. Yeah. Or like, it's like, I and, think that what might have been so fascinating to some people was that like, you're seeing these people go through certain things, but they have that fictional sense, like that fictional character in there to kind of push it away from being too like, like deep or like sad. Yeah. Like too, it, like it doesn't hit home as much as like just reading a fucking sad. Yeah. Exactly. Nonfiction book about it. Um, Cause yeah, like it, like it was such a long book and so much of that would be, you know, the kids, yeah. you were following the kids, you were following the kid that was, had the overbearing mother, which a lot of people dealt with, or the one who didn't have a mother and it was just a father. Um, and some who parents weren't that great or mm-hmm. um, were a little too touchy. Trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was just like all of these different type of families. You had the one that was a great family, one that, you know, um, at least with the main character, like the brother, Georgie, he was the one that passed away. And he felt like even after, you know, Georgie passed away from, Pennywise, like he wasn't getting any attention. Like they didn't mm-hmm. care about him. Yeah. And it was like a way to bring all of those friends together. Like before then, none of them really spoke with each other, yeah. but they found like, you know, we all have problems at home or at school with bullying yeah. and stuff. And I was just like, you know, I could see all of this, like from someone who had to deal with bullying mm-hmm. or with a single mother. Like I could see how this is affecting mm-hmm. these kids and how a murderous clown <laughs> won't help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it it makes you more interested in the story rather than just being like, all these kids are fucking sad. And yeah, like this is wow, just that's super sad. depressing. I and now they're it. happy. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't think any point during that book did I feel like the kids were happy, yeah. which is so depressing to think about. <laughs> aside from like, they built like their own little um, like tree house. It was like mm-hmm. underground. Um, and they would go like out in the woods and like they'd play and stuff. And you would have those points for kids being kids yeah. uh, and having fun and stuff like that. Um, but he always would bring in like the bullies are coming now and so, stuff like that. Would you say then that that's one of the draws to Stephen King is that it, it doesn't, even though it might have a quote unquote happy ending, it's not like the generic happy ending of like everything worked out. It's just sort of yeah. like there's you know, it, it's it's good for them, whatever happened. Yeah, it's kind of like a the character characters dealt with the situation, but now going, like, after the book, they need to deal with the repercussions yeah. of what happened. Like, yay, we've defeated the, the, the clown, or I defeated my dark half, mm-hmm. um, or with Kudra, like, I got rid re- they killed the dog. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> uh, but the dog was, like, a demon-y person. <laughs> Don't um, kill animals, even don't. if they're demons. <laughs> even if they're demons. Um, but at the end of it, it's like, you know that they're going to have to recover from that in yeah. some way. Or they're going to have to, like, at the end of it, all of Dairy was destroyed because the clown just brought it all, or Pennywise brought it all down and stuff. And it was like, at the end of it, like, this is fucked up. Like, yeah. their whole lives and their whole town is completely destroyed. But, but they're happy and because it's done. <laughs> that's, but that's that's the thing. Is that that's how life is. Like, not everything that happens has to have, like, a fucking... No. 
and happy like, ending. It doesn't always work out. And it's good because I, I haven't, I've obviously dealt with some of his books right at the end and it's like, they'll have, like I just finished Sun Dog where it was basically like a, a demonic dog and a camera. And the dog is like hunting the kid with the camera. And by the end of it, they, you know, they defeat the dog, but he gets like a little message that's like, the dog is hungry and still going to come after you sort of thing. And then it ends. And it's like, I've dealt with some of those books, but it's um, like some of those short stories or novellas. But for the most part, a lot of his books are like, it ends. Yeah. Like, I don't need to think like, oh, what happens? Like, does Mm -hmm. the kid get, you know, messed up at the end? I think all of his actual novels have ended in a point where I was like, I could accept that. Yeah. Like, I can accept even if, they're still alive. Even this, the stand when I was like, man, I really wish I would have known what happened with like Stuart and Franny when they went back to Maine. But I'm also like, I, I don't yeah. like, I think I'm happy with where he ended it. Like they're happy. The world's still in shit, but yeah. it's, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm happy with the way this ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm wondering if like, I don't know. I just, I think that some of the problems with some of the books that Victoria and I have read so far is that. Like just on the podcast or just. Yeah, just like on the podcast is that we are, I mean, we're, you know, analyzing these books. So we come up with like all these questions, like what happened, what happened, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like at the end of the book, we're just like, well, we didn't get the answers to our question. Like with the first book you, you, you read, like. There were so many things, even with uh, rabbits. Yeah. Like rabbits is like a big one because there was way too much in there. And they just sort of answered. were like, "Well, this is what happened." It's Listen, like, they're like, "Oh, you want to know more? Listen yeah. to the podcast." It's like that, which is good marketing. Good. Yeah, but, but is still, it? <laughs> like, it's you knew you were coming out with a book, like, and you're and you market it as a standalone. Oh, standalone, like. And you spent, I feel like, almost 75% of the book trying to explain what the fuck rabbits what the fuck is. it was. And we still don't know. Yeah. When, like, honestly, if he would have just been like, listen to my podcast, I'm going to come out with a book and it's going to be a spinoff, but now you know what rabbits is. Yeah. We're going to get into, like, a crazy-ass story. Well, that's the problem is that, like, like those books, like the Five Nights at Freddy's books, if you just read them, you wouldn't know what the fuck. Well, I've, never, you, I've never read it. I'm assuming. Either. If you just like just as a as an example, if I feel like if you just read it, you wouldn't know what the fuck's going on unless you had played the game or you heard about the game and you know what's going on in that sort of universe. Yeah, like you were at school and yeah. people would play it and want to watch the friends like, jump scare. Oh, that's fucking, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fucking weird. But like, yeah, that's I think that's the problem with doing a spin-off of a podcast or a movie or a video like, game. Like another form of like media. Same way yeah. like no video game movies have really been or games have turned into to good movies, like yeah. video game movies. I mean, like, not like Sonic and stuff have yeah. been like good, but it's like Sonic. I feel like didn't have too much of a story to begin with, <laughs> like no, as exactly. a video game. <laughs> um, and I think it's mainly the audience just being happy that they changed Sonic. But it, it's hard for those sort of, especially a podcast to a book or a video game yeah. to a movie. Like those are things where you need to like do really well and do your research and be like, how do I retell a story I've already told? You have to have been a fan to like want to read that. But just like us, we We only briefly knew that it was like a podcast and we didn't know, like we talked about in a couple episodes, Victoria and I, that like we didn't know 
if it was based on a podcast, if it was a continuation of the podcast, yeah. if the podcast came after the book, like, but if you're going to write a, a novel and mark that as a standalone novel, you need to, I mean, that's just what it needs to be. Yeah, and, exactly. I, and I get that's why he explained what Rabbits was, but like, then you just start like, okay, well, Rabbits is done. And you're like, oh. Got okay. all this money. This girl is now back. Yeah. Okay, it's just. <laughs> listen yeah. to the episode. <laughs> but then that's that. What that brings me to the point of like turning a, a movie into a book is or like, like another media is difficult. But turning a like, book into yeah. a movie. Like all of Stephen King's stuff. Yeah. Like I feel like the ones that you've seen have been hit, hit and miss. But that's because of like the directors. But it, it generally think, works out. Yeah. Uh, I guess it could like books in, in, into movies, at least for Stephen King. I haven't watched a lot of them. Um, and I, I think it's sometimes directors that they don't stick to the book mm-hmm. or they stick too much to the books mm-hmm. where you're like, that really didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah. Um, also, like, age. A lot of what I'm watching is, like, the 80s and the 90s, so it doesn't look too great. Yeah. Um, but I, I've watched, I think the first thing I watched, um, what was the first one? That I watched. Was it Mr. Mercedes? No, that was this show. Mr. Mercedes is a show I did enjoy, but I think it may have been. I know we watched Misery together, uh-huh, and I love Misery. That was super good. Um, watched The Shining with yeah. my mom. I guess that was the first one. Didn't it? really enjoy it. We watched it. it before you even read it. Before I even read it, yeah. yeah. And what's funny is some of the movies do affect the way I see the books mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Coming into it, I saw the clown from the movies, yeah. like the newer movie. Yeah. I saw the characters as the movie. He's fantastic. <laughs> he is great. Uh, I can't remember. Skarsgård? I don't remember his first name. Alexander? Maybe. He has like three brothers. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, two brothers or something. And they're all great. Oh, you know what it was? We watched Castle Rock. We watched Castle Rock. Yeah. yeah. And which was... I don't honestly, even though we watched Castle Rock and I enjoyed it, I've at no point have I listened to a Castle Rock novel mm-hmm. and thought of the show, which is surprising to me. Um, but yeah, some of the adaptations for Stephen King, it, it's some of his books are just so long um, that they just can't get turned into movies yeah. or some they can get turned into a movie or a TV show if they want to go a little longer. But sometimes those older books, the stories just don't hold up like. Yeah. I've watched Pet Cemetery. I mean, they remade it even recently too. Mm-hmm. I'm watching The Stand now, but it's like there's been so many good shows about post-apocalyptic worlds. You have yeah. like The Walking Dead when that was blowing up. You have like Leftovers at HBO or things like that. Like there's many people have either read Stephen King or read other sort of books. Oh, yeah. And and just similar. took those ideas yeah. and made something great. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I get like they're still adapting his stuff, like Firestarter, which is adapted mm-hmm. um, into a movie. And I heard that it was awful. And when I heard that, I was like, I read the book. I definitely could see it not being a good movie. And that's just the case yeah. with books sometimes yeah. in general. Well, I, I and two is like there's so there's so much descriptors in some of these books that it's just like. Yeah. You can you can tell like in a book you're being told what, the what they're thinking. Feeling yeah. They think, like what are they going through in this situation? And it's really hard to portray that on screen without like discreet this coming out and just be like, I am upset. Yeah. It's just be like, <laughs> let me make everything really dark and gloomy and do like a fucking circle shot of me being like staring yeah. at it, being really sad, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, let's do a super 
like close up yeah. shot my tears. <laughs> so, so because I know that a lot of Joe Hill's stuff has been turned into TV shows too. Did you read any Joe Hill? Did you watch so, any Joe Hill? I'm planning to get into Joe Hill once I finish yeah. <laughs> Stephen King. Um, I guess I could let you guys know how much Stephen King I've gone through um, before I get into Joe Hill because it'll kind of go into his stuff. Um, I've gone through all of Stephen King's works, um, that being novels, novellas, short stories, uh, graphic novels, mm-hmm. and poetry. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all the oh way to, my god he wrote poetry yeah he did like poetry with <sighs> his wife tabitha uh, in, in college so he wrote some poetry Thank you so much. yeah um kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> he did poetry he's fucking cool could you imagine him at like a poetry slam just reading that fucking, and then she got hit by a car and the car ate him <laughs> <laughs> just slow clap um uh, but all the way up to 1993. So I think I'm getting to the point now to where the stories, I don't think all of them didn't age well. I think some of them still are like, man, this is great. Like, I could see this being a book written this year. Um, have you seen like a progression from his previous? I have. Um, for Joe Hill stuff, uh, before I get into his progression, Joe Hill, do plan to read his stuff once I finish Stephen King. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of stuff with King, like, in the Tall Grass, which is a movie on Netflix. Remember, I, I mm-hmm. spoke about it. I was like, I want to watch this really mm-hmm. bad. Um, and he wrote like the graphic novels with him because Joe yeah. Hill has like lock and key, which yeah. is supposed to be like huge. I watched the show a little bit. Um, but I hope to to get into his stuff soon. But Stephen King, I can see his progression. I think I've noticed it more now mm-hmm. than I did throughout like his 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um it seems like I don't really know how to explain it, but like his view on the world and how people it kind of just changed as the times changed. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about like in when we were like in the shining when he would talk about like things around him, it would like describe the 70s so mm-hmm. well. And like now uh, I was just listening to um the four past midnight book and like this is now like in the 90s probably written in the 80s and like he portrayed the 80s mm-hmm. so well um and it just seems like as the time changed he changed with those times mm-hmm. and then turned it into his writing and it it's different now than it is like then as it is now mm-hmm. where if somebody wrote something in 2000 to 2020 now there wasn't as big of a change as it was 70s to 80s yeah. to now yeah for sure um, so the progression for him is so much more obvious yeah. because you're going through all of these decades, you're going from 60s, 70s, 80s to the 90s. And you're like, I could see where like technology is finding its way in. And mm-hmm. He's talking about technology more. Um, or like when he wrote about cars, now it's being more modern yeah. cars. And like he now knows um, more about vehicles or things like that. Or like how teenagers are in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think his progression has changed with time uh, as the decades. Did went. you notice anything from whenever he stopped doing drugs to like? Yeah, I from def- when he was like coke fueled. <laughs> yeah, so Stephen King did suffer a lot from addiction with with like um, cocaine and and alcohol. Alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. Um, find help if you're suffering mm-hmm. any of those. Um, but in The Shining, it was so in your face. 
like it was all about alcohol, yeah. right? Like the father was an alcoholic. That was like the big thing aside from the hotel being mm-hmm. filled with like ghosts and supernatural beings mm-hmm. and stuff was the father's an alcoholic. He is easily like abusive to his children mm-hmm. or his son, Danny, and to his wife. And I like when I was reading it, because I haven't really got into his biography. So I don't know too much about him personally, aside from his books mm-hmm. um, and like interviews and, and things like that. I haven't yeah. really got into him and his life. Um, and like, I almost felt like when I was reading his earlier books, I was reading his life written into somebody else. Mm-hmm. So the father, I seen Stephen King. Yeah. I could see him like feeling like he was neglecting his son mm-hmm. and like he wasn't good to his wife. Um, in how like he felt that he was like being separated from his family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his earlier works were really crazy shit. <laughs> um, like Tommy Knockers, I told you I didn't like because he just went fucking off the rails. And I was telling you whenever I was reading it that he even mentioned that was the last book that he wrote, like full novel he wrote before getting help with his addiction. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, that was like one of my worst books. It's like that book just was like all of that bent of addiction and all the alcohol and everything I was uh, putting into my body was put into a book Mm -hmm. and it was just everywhere it was just fucking crazy alien shit that made no sense but i mean i I feel like that's part of the allure of the book is that you can see like his psyche written down yeah exactly yeah and like all of his earlier books like i like i said I, i just felt like you were growing with him like especially with me going in pub like publication order, uh-huh. I could like the pet cemetery how much he cared for his son. It was the same way with The Shining, but he didn't have uh, as much of like an addiction then. Um, so he was like so close to his son, mm-hmm. and um, it was written like, "What if he would have lost his son?" That's kind of like the pet cemetery kind of get into was not just about pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise, <laughs> um, and it just. It's just him growing, even with like the dark half and the Bachman books or the Bachman books. I mean, um, you got in, you were following him as he became this other writer. Okay. And now that other writers and emerge with what I'm going through in my life mm-hmm. and like how that per- other person, that Bachman guy is taking over my writing and taking over my life and how mm-hmm. I see things when I'm in the other shoes um, and how those can battle each other. And like, yeah. it's basically his life and him battling with himself um and then kind of taking that and going into um i guess it kind of gets to to where i am now so he he kind of wrote those those books um with his life kind of changing with with the bachman books or the bachman books i mean uh and his other novels as king um so i just got to the point now where he got found out mm-hmm. that you know, that they were the same person. And now most of his novels, aside from two more books that I have left from him, which I won't read till later, is um, is just King novels. Like, it's just him as Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, it just seemed like it was just a good uh, sort of progression, even with something like Misery. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of was like, is this like his own horror? Yeah. Like, what if one of his fans decided to freak out, freak out and yeah. murder him? Right. Like, what if like the 
Bachman books were a trigger because the, that was the whole point of him writing under someone else was to mm-hmm. put in a little more of a trigger warning into his books. Mm-hmm. Um, what if they got upset? Yeah. Now they know that it's Stephen King and then go to murder him because Misery was supposed to be a Bachman book. Oh. But because they found out, you know, it was Stephen it was King, Stephen, yeah. he was like, okay, I'm releasing it under Stephen King. Yeah. So you can see like with Misery and Gerald's Game was supposed to be a, a Bachman book. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure because um, they were kind of the same story, right? Except mm-hmm. it wasn't an author. It was just, you know, like a, a wife. Yeah. Right. Just like a person put in the same situation as the author in misery. But what if they were being tortured by their mind rather yeah. than by a person? Yeah. Um, so he just wrote a lot of fucked up shit under there. So that's kind of where I am now um, is just his separation from his darker, more trigger warning Bachman mm-hmm. sort of books going into the nineties. And that's kind of where I am now. Um, just finished four past midnight going into needful things, mm-hmm. which you heard about. Yeah. Um, so There's I, a Rick and Morty episode about it. Oh, is there? <laughs> yes. Um, getting into that read by Stephen King as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be cool to, to kind of come back to, to do another episode on this. Like mm-hmm. by the time I get, towards the end of the the king journey because at that point i'll get to on writing uh which was his sort of like autobiography yeah about his writing um which didn't come out till like 2009 so i have a lot of books to go through until i get there but it'd be cool to kind of for me to kind of assess how he's gonna progress now from the 90s to today yeah because it it was just so relevant like it was just so much so there yeah it was so easy to see how he was progressing not only with the times but also with his life yeah it was just so obvious um so yeah uh super excited to to continue reading his stuff how Um, many books do you have left so i don't know how many more books i have left Uh, i know that i've gone through books i've gone through 41 of his books Mm -hmm. um that's just books um like books, short story collections, um, and short stories, mm-hmm. not counting, or novellas, I mean, not counting short stories, because mm-hmm. I have like an Excel sheet <laughs> on my phone because he wrote so many. Um, yeah, I have basically everything from 1991 or 92 mm-hmm. to basically up to this October when his yeah. next book comes out, <laughs> um, or July, I can't remember when it comes out. Um, which would be fairy tale, which is like his return oh, the anime? fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the manga? He wrote um, the manga fairy tale? Yeah. A lot of tangents there because there's just so much to go over. We, yeah. we delayed my episodes so much <laughs> that it was so much that I had to cover. Um, but I think you should talk about your Stephen King experience. When did you first come across? Stephen, like when's your, your earliest memory of seeing Stephen King? If in your life um i think it was probably just like hearing about Cujo, but the movie oh and then i just sort of was just like oh the guy that wrote the book and then i was like oh how old were you when do you think you were whenever you first heard about stephen king i I was definitely in elementary school yeah because we were watching a lot of horror films when i was younger like Mm -hmm. we we were just allowed to watch like whatever the fuck we wanted yeah and i don't i I never i had never seen what I said I was not. I was terrified of horror <laughs> movies. We, yeah. No, I was terrified of them back yeah. then. 
I now you have no emotion. Fucking desensitize my meds. Uh, I don't remember specifically. Um, I don't ever. I didn't ever see the the movie, but yeah, I just I feel like it was just everybody was always talking about Stephen King and da da da. So I grouped him in with like David Baldacci and Patterson and all those people that just like they just, just fucking like, yeah. pump out books just to fucking pump out books, right? Know, just so. to write, yeah. So and like, I could yeah, see yeah. that too because like I can easily say from reading his stuff that a lot of Stephen King novels is him writing a novel. Mm-hmm. They would take Misery for example, writing that book and then going. I'm going to take that same concept <laughs> right with Gerald's game uh-huh. and write it the way Gerald's game was written. Okay. Let's put a woman into that place and let's let her go fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, he wrote the long walk, which is about kids for money going on a long walk. And then he did the running man, which was uh, the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, <laughs> where it was basically the same exact thing, but it was one guy running away from hitmen. Basically. Oh, okay. Um, he just like he writes it's like he writes his books takes a small bit of that and then branches it off mm-hmm. into like all right let's take that idea and what if it went this direction and it goes a whole book what i it. think are like kind of divergent off of some of those would be like or like stand alone from some of those is, is like stand by me in the green mile yeah those were great i haven't gotten to the green mile of the book but obviously we watched the movie together mm-hmm. um you cried it's so good. I would have cried too. I probably <laughs> cried when I was a kid watching that. Um, but yeah, I think those are like the ones for if you read a, those Stephen King novels in particular, you wouldn't think it was Stephen King. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, when you watch Green Mile, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's Stephen King. And you're like, what? Uh, yeah, because I, I associate him specifically with horror. With horror. Yeah. Which I think he even mentions like specifically in a lot of his books whenever he does like, you know, a little author's note in the beginning. He'll mention like his publisher uh, or his editor saying like, you're going to get put into this sort of like stigma that you're only a horror author. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. this, like you're writing yeah. so much. And that's why like Bachman came in, like you're really getting into nothing but horror. If yeah. you diverge into something else, they're not going to read it yeah. because you are the horror guy. Yeah. And like he mentioned in his early works, like, I hated the fact that I was just that a was horror guy. Yeah, like that really that. sucked that I couldn't, you know, write like anything else yeah. that I wanted to write because I had to stick with this horror thing that I created. Yeah, which really sucked for him, I think. But now he's at a point where you write whatever the fuck he no, wants. Oh fuck! I'm Stephen King, motherfucker. Just, All right, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did the same misery with um, with Gerald's game or Cujo. With Christine, mm. what if the dog was a car? <laughs> like it, it's so easy to read any of his books and just be like, oh, like it's basically kind of the story. Yeah. If you just flipped one piece of it. Mm. Um. So your introduction was Cujo, mm-hmm. the possibly the movie, mm-hmm. and then you kind of just heard about his books and kind of yeah. merged them. Do you remember the first Stephen King book that you ever saw? It was probably it. It, you think? It was probably it. Just because yeah. it's such a big yeah. book. I personally have super repressed memories of anything that happened in my childhood, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> I just forget things. But I, I'm assuming, yeah. though, that it was it. That makes sense. Yeah, because I think as much as I don't remember a lot, in my childhood, when it comes to books, it's easier to remember because you could associate, like I associated Stephen King books 
with my mom mm-hmm. in the restroom. Like, yeah. it was so easy for me to connect Stephen King to other things that weren't horror. Well, that's the thing that, like, I was the only one in my family that ever really read, except for my sister who read, like, she was reading, like, all of the fantasy, uh, like, she was reading, like, Harry Potter and shit. Yeah. And, like, I was reading, like, a bunch of other shit. And, like, my parents... The Shades great. <laughs> my parents, you know, they weren't big readers. They were... I mean, they never had the time to do yeah. anything. So, it, I... And they still... I mean, they still don't. Um, But, yeah. So, books... I mean, they were a big deal to me. But I, I can't tell you, like, the first book that I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And, like... No, yeah. Shit like that. Um, Which is weird. Like, for me, it's... You would think that you would just because yeah. of the way books played in your life. And I think, for me, it's so easy to remember. Like, the reason I can remember I read Bones in the library mm-hmm. in seventh grade. Because, like, books were the escape aside from video games, yeah. right? Like, I played a lot of video games and still do. But when I'm not playing, I'm in a book. Yeah. And it, it's so easy to be like, I can relate this point in my life with a particular book I was reading at that time. I think for me, yeah, it's it is a form of escapism. I like I didn't even I mean, how long were we dating? Like two or three years before I started having panic attacks? Like I four. Like the no, it's been, been a like year. Three. Before it's you been like two years. before you were before I was medicated like, yeah. like on it. No, it was four because we were still no, because it would have been I, that would have mean I've only been on meds for a year, and we, no, we it's been, it's been it was two in years. twenty twenty yeah so it's been two years exactly so, because we're in June because I hardly read even back then and then like as soon as I was like diagnosed with panic disorder I fucking like all I did was read yeah I read like, like sixty books you, in yeah. like four months and I like, get tested you it. came back and it was June like yeah. I said it was like right around your birthday yeah and. As soon as you came back, it was like you went right into like romance, yeah, novels. I was and like, I need something. You were that. like, I work in research at the yeah. same office. You'd sit behind me and just read, yeah. And you were like pumping through them probably faster than you are now, even with how yeah. fast you go. Because at the end of it, you had like fifty or forty ish books done. Like right yeah. now, we're halfway, and I have like forty. Yeah. And even that for me, I'm like, yeah. For you, it's just like, oh, it was easy. That's what I'm saying is that, like, I think all of the books that I read are, like, I can only associate them to having escaped from, like, some sort of trauma, like, in high school. For sure. I read a lot, and I was reading, like, stuff like, uh, Victoria talked about this in one of our episodes. I was reading stuff by, like, Ellen Hopkins, you know, those big, like, books that are, like, Crank and, like, Burned and shit like that. It's just, like, they're young adult books, but they're about, like teenagers going through some sort of traumatic experience like mm. yeah, sex work or like drugs and things like that and I was reading shit and I read like 13 Reasons Why when I was in um, high school. Which is a perfect <laughs> book to read in high school. I think. Yeah. So I was reading shit like that yeah. and like you know that's the only things that I re- that's which is so, like those are the only things that I can really remember like so different reading. like our reading because you were into mm-hmm. like that where I was like I'm gonna go into my sci-fi right like yeah. I was looking for like worlds to escape whereas some of your books were worlds to kind of like collaborate yeah like kind of like <laughs> they like coincided with my what you're going experience. through yeah and I think that like uh, another thing like when I think about it is that I read this book in middle school called A Child Called It by David I've Peltzer. heard of it, but I don't know it's what it's about. It's so good. It's so sad. Actually, I think I read that in 
elementary school. It's a really fucked up book about. It was recommended to me because it's like you read it. It's (laughs) really good. But that's what I I associate. I remember reading that and like thinking it was going to be scary because it was because I thought of it. It. And then I was like, it is horror. And then this is called a child book. It. And I'm like, oh, but it. I mean, it is a fucked up book and it is something that everybody should read. Mm. Uh, This is a nonfiction. It's so sad. It's just a child abuse story, but it's so... I, I was not abused which, by my which, parents. <laughs> it's just, let me just make that clear. My parents did not abuse me. <laughs> um, but it is very um, and now you're reading sad book. Flowers in the Attic, which also yeah. kind of like abuse. Um, yeah, it is a lot of I mean, abuse. Stephen King has a lot of abuse too, but I, like Stephen King's stuff, he writes in a way that he does not care mm-hmm. what people will think about his writing. Mm-hmm. So if it has to do with, you know, like, sexual harassment um like in a workplace yeah. like he didn't give a shit or if it has to do with you know like rape or anything like he would write it knowing that it's going to trigger the person reading mm-hmm. it and that it's going to make the person cringe reading it mm-hmm. because that's the effect he's going for. yeah like he wants you to read this and be like this is what this happens yeah. in real life and it's happening in this book you're reading right and now you can't like i mean i i definitely would say that some books are not meant to be read by people who are like no for victims sure. of certain things but it's like, like i told you about like the um library police and i, I told you about a scene that happened there with, mm-hmm. with uh the guy when he was a boy and it's like i don't you know if you yeah. had to i don't want you to read about because it's so triggering to some yeah and it's just so real yeah and like that while i was listening to it i had i like will play games and listen to audiobooks like i had to stop playing because i was like holy shit like this is like crazy but that's the thing is that like for the people that didn't experience it or experience something different and are like like me experiencing something different but reading about other people's trauma you you should realize and understand that this is stuff that happens to other people. I think that might be why it has such a profound effect on and why he has such a large audience is because people are reading about these, these different things going on. Yeah. Like if someone read like rage about school shootings, but the, you know, the situation in the world now, like he wrote about that in like the eighties. Yeah. The book still obviously plays a huge part. Mm -hmm. And like when he wrote that, he was writing from the point of view of the boy who did the shooting. Mm -hmm. You were just listening to it and you're just like, this boy went through so much shit. And like you're reading it from his point of view. And obviously it's no excuse for for them to do that sort of thing. Um, But it's giving a a story like inside view. And like a lot of school shootings back then. And the reason the book went out of print is because all of those school shooters, for the most part, had a copy of Rage mm-hmm. because it was what they were going through. Yeah. And they were like, this is how I'll resolve yeah. my situation is to do what he did in Rage. That's the problem, too, I think, with a lot of banned books is that people are like, oh, they were reading this. So they yeah. obviously. But it's like it's that's something the that case, they yeah. connected with because it's something for, that yeah. is reaching into their personal situation. And for some people, it's like they're going to a situation that he may have been going through in rage but they don't want to do what he did in rage but yeah. they can relate yeah and they could find comfort in you know like that somebody else is going through going this. through it yeah yeah just don't give somebody easily easy access to a gun and help them get mental health like yeah. help their mental health like it's that's what bothers me is that people take the 
I don't want to say the wrong opinion because opinions it's the same with video games. Too. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, there's too much violence, but it's like you're you're trying to show people why some things happen the way that they happen, and it's like, yeah, if somebody's bullied all the fucking time, like maybe you should just say stop fucking bullying kids instead of like stop reading a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Carrie was all about bullying. She yeah. was bullied a ton, and you know, at prom she you know, went ahead and um, destroyed the whole town and and stuff like that. But it's like, um, why did she do that? Yeah, exactly. And, and you can see that in a lot of uh, his books and a lot of, like, the unsolicited um, sex parts and mm-hmm. scenes and stuff where you're kind of like, oh, this is a little interesting. You're throwing this right in here. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just a lot of what he writes, it just kind of just fits into mm-hmm. to like the normal everyday. Um, so you haven't read any Stephen King, right? Mm-mm. To get back on to your Stephen King experiences, you have not Mm-mm. read one. You will not take any of my recommendations, even though I. I think just you don't want to take it. your recommendations because I don't want to be told to do something. That makes sense. <laughs> it's the same way I think. Like we won't watch shows that we watch. Like Ozark, you're like, are you gonna watch with me? It's like, no, I don't want to fucking watch it with you. And, and then, then I'm like, what's happening? Then you're like, yeah, or like same way you were watching. Um, I feel like you were watching a, an anime recently. What well, uh, Koi? Yeah, and which is something I like would not choose to watch, <laughs> it's but so good. it's so good. Um, and I was just like, "All right, what's going on?" Yeah. The same way that you did with like Ozark and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, and I, I guess that makes sense that you'll kind of just like you'll probably read I'll like a Joe Hill like, at some point because yeah. you own some. Joe I have Hill. yeah, I have Nosferatu and a heart shaped box, and I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of like. He mentions probably like a Stephen King book yeah. and you turn yeah. and you, you read something. I th- And if I had to give a recommendation for someone to read a Stephen King, like if they're like, I want to get into what's the first book I should read. Mm-hmm. I think Night Shift is a perfect one to get into. Because it's a bunch of short stories. It's a bunch right? of short stories. Yeah. It's his some of his earliest works. So you're going to get to know that side of Stephen King right off the bat. But you're also going to get enough different stories to find something that interest you Mm -hmm. he has a little bit of sci-fi in it he has horror he has like mafia stuff like Mm -hmm. you're gonna find a story in there that's gonna uh, something stick with you you have children of the corn in there if for some reason you've heard a lot about it and you haven't gotten into it fucking movie for that um (laughs) graveyard shift is in there which also got turned into a movie so anybody wants to get into stephen king definitely uh, i'd recommend night shift first Find what kind of Stephen King you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the HP. Are you looking like for the HP Lovecraftian mm-hmm. sort of books or like that real out there horror? Yeah. If you're looking for, you know, something like The Outsider, Mr. Mercedes, like it's the perfect way to figure out what you want to get into. But yeah. hopefully one day you'll read a Stephen King. Ho- hopefully that'll be by the point I finish my journey and we can <laughs> kind of come back to this and yeah. kind of talk about your experience with whatever Stephen King and I could talk about. You know, kind of how King changed yeah. um, these next 30 years of books I'm about to go through. <laughs> but I hope by the end of the year I could finish all of his books. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least hit a point where I'm in the 2000s. Yeah. And I could kind of just take it at my own pace and not yeah. feel like I'm rushing. Um, although I could easily sit here and someone like slaps on a book that I've read. I could be like, oh, I could tell you about yeah. it. Like, I, which is great. That they all have a place, have my own little trunk <laughs> in my brain of Stephen King that I could open up at any point and yeah. talk about a book. Um, 
But yeah, hopefully you'll get into Stephen King at some point. <laughs> I'm trying to get you into Stephen King, trying to get you into some uh, sci-fi, and you're just, just not budging. Uh, That's what I think about that. I know, cut that. <laughs> um, but anyway, before we end up wraps, folks, it's been a little while. Uh, you said you're reading Haunted. I was to oh, ask yeah. you before the episode <laughs> how far you're into it, but I guess we can talk about <laughs> what's going on with our now. Ha- Haunted's good uh, by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, would you recommend it so far? I would definitely recommend it to somebody. I would not recommend It's also very trigger heavy. So, Do you think like if you were to get into Chuck, I know you haven't read Fight Club, but you watched the movie. Mm-hmm. If someone didn't watch the movie of Fight Club, do you think they should go into Haunted or read Fight Club first if they wanted to get into it? I think, books? well, I've not read all of his books. From, For sure. From the descriptions from what I've read, because I probably own all of his books. Yeah, I have a lot of them in Chicago, too. Yeah. From, from the descriptions, the summaries that I've read of, of most of his books, I definitely would say Haunted's probably a good one to start at, because it does give a good idea of his writing style. And you get, like, um, right into, like, his version of, like, Book, yeah, yeah it sounds like yeah like immediate like literally after after the first chapter it's just like you're in jesus it. fucking christ like i was not i'm like fucking weed whacking the yard and i'm hearing this shit and i'm like what it's some, and stephen king does it in a lot of the good not to keep bringing him up even though it's a stephen king episode but like that's sometimes good for books because mm-hmm. you let the person listening or reading know like this is where the shit that i'm yeah. about to tell you like even if this is the most triggering part of the mm-hmm. story, you know what this person is dealing with or dealt with. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to get into like the deep dive of it. Yeah. Are you interested or is this <laughs> or, or situation yeah. too triggering that you should back off? Yeah, it's definitely right up my fucking alley because like it's not as like body gore. Crazy yeah, I'm not into that stuff. As like Dead Inside, which is just sort of a book to like shock you to shock you. Yeah. And more so is like, I don't know how to explain it. I is it kind of like it's not like a gingerito type of stuff, right? It's not like crazy. Would you kind of recommend, like, kind of say it's kind of like gingerito kind of stuff? I hope I'm saying his name right. I'm pretty sure it's gingerito. Gingerito. You'll correct me in gingerito. Uh, I think yes. Yes, but in more realistic situations. It's oh, not, yeah, of course. No, there's no like supernatural. <laughs> this person's not turned into like a fucking worm. No, and <laughs> it's so crazy because you can tell that he's hitting on like certain points, mm-hmm. like of the human mind and human nature. So he just like bam, 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 but then you're coming out of it being like, just, like okay, fucking Christ, like it's and it's because like this, it's I guess you could say the same as Stephen King, like the situation seems so real. And it's like, fuck, like that's like he's hitting with so much fucked up happening. shit. Yeah. That you could come out of it and be like, that's fucked up. But that's like you're coming out of you like that's fucked up yeah. and real. Because like there was one because the way that this book is written is that they're going on like a writer's retreat or whatever. And there's and so like the first chapter is just like kind of telling you the story. And then mm. the second chapter is not a chapter. It's it's one of the short stories that was written on the writer's retreat. That's cool. And yeah, so I like, it, I like the format of it, but like one of the short stories is like, I, it sounds over the top, but it talks about like this kid who like, Excuse uh, me. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no spoilers. It's, babe. it's fucked. It's just like, it takes a situation that seems unreal 
and puts it in a situation where you're like, that absolutely 100% could happen, has probably happened, and it's fucked up that that's happened before. And that's like, sometimes those are the scariest books, mm-hmm. right? Like, whenever you can read it and be like, this is Like, fucking... I'm scared to go into a pool now, like, yeah. because of that. Like, like <laughs> it's the same way with, like, you with the Stephen King to bring him back up, uh, Langoliers, mm-hmm. with flying. Like, obviously, that's not, you're like, holy, yeah. you hate flying, but, like, it could play a part yeah. as a kid watching that and everybody disappears and you're on a plane. You're just kind of like... Obviously, there was a pilot in that situation, okay. but, yeah. like, you could imagine, like, Something what that could have been yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, I think that's the scariest shit is just sitting there and you could see yourself in a situation because you're like, this shit could happen. This yeah. is realistic enough that it's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely recommend it for sure. If anybody's looking to get into Chuck Palahniuk, he's... The, this book that I'm listening to is Haunted is fantastic start, I think, for sure. How long is the audiobook? Do you know? 13 hours. 13 hours. So you're yeah. looking at, like, book-wise, probably, like, 300 and something pages. Nothing it's too not, crazy. It's though. not, yeah, it's not a large book. It's probably shorter than, it's probably shorter than the last book that I read, which oh, yeah. was, like, that thing. So, I, yeah, I, but it's, I definitely would recommend it for sure. Yeah, it's perfect. So you're, um, Victoria's in Disney Victoria's World Disney. or land. Yeah, she's in Disney World. Victoria's in Florida, having her best life right now. Hopefully, she's she doesn't get hit by a tropical storm. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, coaster. please don't die. I already texted you and told you not to die. People are crazy, especially in Florida. So please don't die. But so she's coming back. She'll be back in a couple in, weeks, two weeks. I'm assuming you'll have. So this week is. This episode is going to come out this Thursday. Which is June 9th? Uh, yes, June, June 9th. 9th. I am, uh, there will be fun for you guys. Uh, another episode by, hosted by just me. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing my friend Chella, who I've mentioned a couple times on the podcast about manga and why that is Yay. a valid form of um, literature. And um, yep. because I used to be like, who the fuck cares about no, reading manga? Because you started into the anime before the manga. Yeah. And I would be like, oh, then you're going to start reading the manga. Yeah, and, and I'm like, like fuck no. that. I'm not a fucking loser. And yeah. now you're <laughs> in it. Yeah, I'm in it. It's bad. Um, So I'm going to be interviewing Chella and we're going to be talking about manga next week. So and then the week after that, uh, your favorite co-host, Victoria, will be back and we'll be talking about the Wrap end of the flowers of the attic. Flowers in the Attic, which I really wish we would have gotten more into it because good fucking God, the ending of that was in fucking insane. So I wish I could have listened to it with you, but it wasn't on script. I could have found it. But yeah, it's I mean, it is a really good book. Like I have it. I have pretty much all of E.C. Andrews books, but I've never read any of them except for My Sweet Adriana. And I only got through part of it. And I'm just like, these are fucked. It's like on script is an e-book, but. I feel like I haven't explored other books because of King, so I just kind yeah. of just been. It is boring. very good. Um, not just because you know, so but it is very good. Um, yeah, yeah. So this episode is going to come out this week. Next week we're going to have an episode with Chella about manga. So if that's something you're interested in, tune in. If not, join us again uh, in two weeks. We where we will be finishing up Flowers in the Attic, and then we're going to announce our book for July, which is yeah. going to be fun. She doesn't ever tell me. I have to listen <laughs> to the episodes make before I know. We need to play. <laughs> and she also doesn't talk to me at all about books. I also have to listen to the episodes, so I'll be patiently waiting along with all of you for the end of this book and the beginning of the next book. 
Do you have anything else more to add for the end of the episode? Uh, not too much. Read Stephen King if <laughs> or don't. You, or don't, but you know, I'd I'd encourage people to at least read one before forming an opinion. Because yeah. a lot of people are just like Stephen King, he writes a no. lot. He's well, like terrible. Me. Like yeah. at least read some at least like I said, night shift instead mm. of find something. And if all of them just aren't your kind of thing, then at least you could come out of it and be like, I didn't like Stephen King because, because I tried. Yeah. Yeah. So give I'll Stephen King a try or any other big author. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe except for James Patterson. I mean, maybe this Jane Pan- or Daniel Steele. Steel. Like, I would say and don't be afraid of an be author afraid. that has <laughs> like a large backlog of books because be they're probably something in there that's going to interest you. So there won't be. D- definitely don't cut them out. Cut them out. Don't listen to Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, You're treating your, co- or your, your guests like trash. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, thank you for... Uh, I had to come recording. Very far yeah, I know. From the office, you, thank the you for coming the ten feet to my office to record a podcast episode with me. How I much you paid? Uh, this isn't a paid interview, so thank you. Um, I will take some watermelon slices from uh, the fridge. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, John, for joining me and for spending the time to talk to me about Stephen King, even though I. Thank you for staying the entire time and not leaving. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good conversation. I think it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, even though I've heard a lot about Stephen King, I do hear a lot about more about the stories as yeah. opposed to like you've how, heard. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming out talk to you about him. Obviously, there could have been a lot more we could yeah. talk about, but there's podcasts. Yeah. that you can list two or books. Mm-hmm. See, there's enough yeah. out there for you to kind of get your Stephen King yeah. fix. So next week again, we're gonna have Chella on the episode and uh, or on the pod, and uh, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Book Friends Pod. You can email us at bookfriendspod at gmail dot com. We have a website, bookfriendspod.com. Um, join us. Uh, talk to us on the forum. John wrote something about rabbits. A very long essay. You want to hear him talk about why he hates rabbits? That's on there. Or you know, start a form about <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah, on this episode, just start. go in, talk about your experience. You know yeah. how you, Do you love him? heard about King. Do you you know, him? yeah, give your Stephen King story. You probably hate him. That's no, you don't. <laughs> uh, well, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Wow. <laughs>